father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GSCoachEd or look us up, and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado, back for episode 276 with Coach Mike Dunlap. I'm so excited to be interviewing this great legendary coach, one of the best teachers of the game, Coach Dunlap, who has 40 years of coaching experience in the NBA and collegiate ranks. Um, he's also just recently was an assistant coach for the World Championship Milwaukee Bucks. All right, and he spent the last six seasons as head coach of Loyola Marymount University, his alma mater. Prior to his stint at LMU, he served as head coach of the Charlotte Bobcats, 2012 to 2013, and was also an assistant coach for the Denver Nuggets from 2006 to 2008. A native of Fairbanks, Alaska, Dunlap spent nine seasons, 97 to 2006, as head coach at Metropolitan State in Denver, Colorado, winning two NCAA Division II National Championships in 2000-2002. He has additional head coaching experience with Cal Lutheran, 89-94, as well as three seasons, 94-96, in Australia as head coach of the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL. As a collegiate assistant coach, Dunlap has held positions at the University of Arizona, where he was named associate head coach, the University of Oregon, and St. John's University in New York, where he is interim head coach for the 2011-2012 season. Coach Dunlap today, to me, is I think is one of the best teachers of the game. And um, he's going to share with you some insights into how we can become better teachers. And I'm always taking notes when Coach Mike Dunlap is around. So, coaches, let's welcome Mike Dunlap. Coaches, uh, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 276. All right, so I do a lot of podcasts, Mike. I love picking the brains of great minds. Uh, Well, number one, to sharpen my mind, but to help all you listeners out there who are trying to become better coaches in your craft. Uh, I got Coach Mike Dunlap. I can go on and on uh, with Mike about, he's going to talk about his own bio, but uh, just recently he was uh, assistant coach with the Milwaukee Championship. 
World Championship Milwaukee Bucks, head coach of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I know him from, I have all his Metropolitan State videos, Mike. So uh, that's where I know you from. That's all your great teaching and so forth. Um, I just consider you a great teacher of the game. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here, Kev. Anything you need. Coach, uh, topic today is becoming a master teacher. I think um, I think it's undervalued. I'll be honest with you. I, I coach the high school profession, and um, I just think I think teaching is is lacking. I think I see so many things I'm going to share with you that it's like I don't know. I'm not sure if that's great teaching and so forth. But I, I really want you to kind of share with us on those concepts. Before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background growing up in obviously Alaska and so forth. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, the essence of the question would be that I was surrounded from the third grade, I would say, by PE teachers uh, that were uh, guys and ladies that stood understood methodology. And because of the PE teachers in those days, they had uh, quadrants, if you will, of, uh, you know, it could be square dancing, it could be kickball, it could be wrestling, it could be badminton, basketball. And so they knew how to take a large group of people and get them to move in the same direction and, and impart two or three lessons uh, by the time that their, say, three-week time block was done on that area. And so the influence of having that in classroom teachers that really not only were imparting great, great information, meaning specific information that you had to do by road, but they also allowed for and afforded for some creativity within those basic principles. So I had a heavy influence of, of tremendous teachers all the way through, call it luck. Yes, it's funny, I'm an elementary PE teacher. I'm not doing that now. I'm hoping to get back soon. Man, to talk about, you have to be a great teacher when you're teaching young kids, don't you think? I think some of the best teachers are with youth. Yes, um, and the reason, if no other, was they had the fundamental uh, steps that you have to do to get certified. So there's your basis of your pyramid. And then you were thrown into unpredictability. There's always that for grade school teachers, whether it's sickness, whether it is exams, whether it is marshalling them from one point to another. The, the bullet word here is you are forced to be organized and you are held accountable because every six weeks or whatever is that you had to do these tedious reports, not only back to the students, but to your higher ups, you were accountable. And so it over time galvanizes a teacher that they really do have a great toolbox and they and over time they, you learned how to use metaphors and stay in the brain and for a group not just for an individual yeah words are important um you know it's funny is um i i, I try to use a lot of course our our logo and our our really our mission statement's all about rowing the boat mike and yeah. i got that obviously you know i i, I stole that idea but you know, ours is about coming every day with energy. You're all about energy. Um, and we have the or we bring it to practice. We have awards based on that. I know a lot of people think we're a little bit crazy. We bring it to games. You got to have an identity, right? You got to have something you believe in. Yeah, energy, 
uh, is never passe. And that said, emotion can be as destructive as it can be constructive if it turns into uh, reprimands that, that, you know, because if you ignite your own emotion in a negative way, it's hard to rein yourself back in. Uh, it would be tantamount to the point of knowing how to move yourself within a drill and, and even display something that you want and then move yourself out of the drill so you can see how the six are doing it. Or you're recognized that you're not capable of doing that by age and or you don't have that skill set, but you see a kid who's really talented and you use him or her as your demonstrator. And knowing how to do that from the tower is really important. I'm gonna get in the drill, I'm gonna get out of the drill. Well, in a lesson plan, a teacher has to know how to go to somebody who's posing a negative influence for the classroom, but yet not get emotionally wrapped up in a way where you lose your poised temper and all those things. And it, that only comes with time. And then when you go to raw energy and providing that, you take a big deep breath, you set the hook in the morning before you get to the classroom. It is about providing a positive energy because you do not know what that player dash student girl or boy has gone through at home. And so if they know that they've got a, a greeting, so, so important, like, hey, we're gonna have a good day today and here's why. Even if the body language of the second grader is not up to snuff and you recognize, hey, I gotta get to that over time and they're in the seventh grade, they go on to, to run their own insurance company, you can better bet that they will hearken back to that greeting at the door every morning. And that, that is what I'm talking about, in positive energy, because you have to compete for positive energy every day because you're getting a lot of negative messages, whether it's Russia and, and Ukraine to you know the stock market to what somebody getting murdered. I mean, if you want to inundate yourself with that, you can. And I'm not saying don't read, but what are you going to do to process that so that you, the human being, is a positive influence and have big time energy for your students or players? And that, that's what they remember without question, positive energy. And you've had a lot of positive mentors in your life. And I know you're a big believer. I mean, talk about the best, George Raveling. I mean, you can go on and on. George Carl, Steve Lavin. I can go on and on, Michael, people that you've been... Uh, around, hey, proximity principle, right? Man, if you're around great people, you're gonna pick up some stuff. There are two points. On the under, it is the greatest thing you do every day is who you choose to be around. And that goes to the other sub point. How are you gonna spend your time once you make that choice? And those are things that are really important. Uh, the mother load, again, luck, just dumb luck, is that a, one of the finest coaches I've been around is Ed Gorgian, and he will but created a, a kingdom uh, at Crescenta Valley. But anyway, he touched me and introduced me to John Wooden. And so I spent a lot of time around coach and I was a camper at his camp when I was a kid. So uh, as irony would have it, I had that influencer in my life and then Pete Noel. And I met Pete Noel's son, Pete Jr. at Snow Valley basketball camp when I was 21 and he put me under his wing and then it went on to his father who actually played at LMU 
And uh, he took me in in the big man camp. And I was a part of that for more years than I want to tell. But my point is now you go to George Raveling, uh, as smart a man as I've ever been around and very caring. And then you go to George Carl, who is a moving encyclopedia and his best friend, uh, Rick Majeros, you know, and, and, and so it just takes you to these these frontiers where these 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 icons lived. And then if you choose to say, I have free time on a drive to, and, and be around this great teacher, well, that's you provide your own luck. And I, I, I figured it out at an early age that I wanted to be around people like that. Yeah, and do you think we're doing enough of that though? I, I know, um, you know, I know there's a lot of videos out and so forth, but are, are we really learning the right things, Mike? I mean, I know when I get in trouble, I go to you because I, I know you're all about teaching, man. I, and I think sometimes I, I noticed my team this year, I'm building a new program coach. I'm trying to do things the right way. Everybody says that our culture is better. Um, but I'm so hard on myself. Sometimes I don't think I'm a very good teacher. Um, so sometimes you got to go back. You got to have that mentor. Right. And there's a lot of, am I, yeah, there we go. As there's a lot of what you just said, Kevin, that needs to be parceled and addressed. Number one is as coaches get older, they have all these experiences and you accumulate uh, a lot of information. And so what happens to a coach is, is that he feel, feels his cupboard or her cupboard is full. And you have to process some of that information out to make the drive to simplify. And then you have some negative experiences that come to you, whether it's parents and or administrator or a heartbreaking loss to the point where a, a LeBron James says, I don't know if I have the courage to go and do this again and right. fall one game short of the trophy. Uh, that's all very normal when you put everything on the line. And again, the key point here is how is a coach going to process that so they don't become more conservative and saying, hey, I know this because that's the enemy. You know, good is the enemy a great? Well, let's evaluate the statement. I mean, I don't agree with that statement one iota from this front, this angle. And that is in order for a bad program to be good, you have to go through that doorway. So all of a sudden, a Vince Lombardi, where it's applicable, good is the enemy of great. I get him saying that. And so really, some people could say, oh, you don't agree with that statement. No, it's it, it it's got to be applicable at making distinctions at the right time. That's the only point. And that's where the master teacher and coach lives. They're able with their eye to say, hey, I can be critical, Kevin, of myself be, and be hard on myself. But it, when it gets to the point where you don't walk into the gym or late at night, the demons live and you can't have a cup of coffee and say, this is my joy spot, <laughs> then you need to recalibrate everything because, you know, the same mountain is there. It's to the left and you're going to have to climb it the same way. And, and but if you lose your joy of what pleases you with a player or a game or and it gets too heavy, then it's not a matter of stopping someone say, well, you better get out. It's a matter of saying, OK, how do I clean my closet so that I reorder it so I can go on and enjoy this great profession of coaching? That's a great point, Mike. And I, I, I got to share with you a story. And this is what kind of it kind of 
got my joy back a little bit this year. We lost a tough game against a local rival school we had never beaten. Of course, this is my first year at the school, but they're already a hated rival, <laughs> okay? Um, we never have beaten them. And we lost by, I think, you know, 20. My best player was out. Well, so on and so on. I was so frustrated. And sometimes you got to go back to the why, right? Why do you coach? And just the other night, we played a team. I was missing three starters. Um, and... A, a referee comes up to me during the game. He says, coach, your program has so much class. The kids hand me the ball every time. They sprint off the court. It's the most impressive. And this is a referee telling me this. And I almost got tears in my eyes. And then I had a concession worker say, your girls came up to me and, and I was asking about my daughter who hurt, hurt her shoulder last game. Those are three wins right there, coach. And right there I go, we're doing the right thing. I didn't care about the win, the score. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, I've been in it long enough to know that you'll still care, but that care is, is, is put in a certain place of perspective and context. And that's where, you know, each day, like you said, is if you're an energy coach, then you're going to have to really address your daily Franklin plan, or if you will, now your, your, your phone and your calendars to say, what am I doing for myself to fill my own cup so that I can be that person day in and day out and, and not decline in your energy as your age goes on, even seven years later. And somebody says, well, I'm exhausted. And I say to them, well, you know, what did you do today? that got you out of the realm that drained your energy. You know, okay, you didn't work out. Oh, um, you, you know, you, you've gained seven pounds in six months. Oh, you know, and you go through these personal things. Oh, you didn't read today. You know, you didn't pray today, whatever that is. But those, those buttons have to be hit, especially when you have success, you know, because now you think that, well, you know, the, the climb was hard. Yeah, well, it's hard to get to whatever, you know, 42 you know, 64, whatever your age is, but there are certain elements in a given day that you have to hit that and ring that bell, or you're going to decline. You're going to decline in your energy. You're going to decline in your approach. And I always think of my father, who was a high risk surgeon and OBGYN. He taught um, at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, but he was teaching via satellite, the first program in the United States, where he's teaching back to the University of Washington, anatomy. And I'm thinking like, how did, and he was chief of staff. I mean, I'm thinking he ran his own clinic, but I, I looked at my father and I said, one thing that he did do is he ate right. Uh, he got his time sleep blocks, you know, and as a surgeon, you know, and, and especially delivering babies. But my point is back to coaches. What are you doing each day to check off the boxes that you're going to put that same log on the fire so that you can have great energy and joy? And so that's what I'm saying is it's a process of addition by subtraction. You're going to have to get rid of some of these negative experiences and these things that weigh you down as you're in the business or you, you like you, you hit the reset button, Kevin, and you're starting a new program. Well, what's the priority? The priority has got to be tradition of how we do a typical day, how we treat officials. We're not going to put the ball on the ground or, or, or walk away from it. We're going to hand it to the official and move forward. And yeah, at some point in time, your kid is going to get a technical or you're going to get it. Well, what's our system for dealing with that? Because if we get stuck on, well, we don't get technicals. Well, you know, then you're not factoring down in the human 
aspect of it. And it's not the technical in itself. It's how we act towards a person. And if we fail, let's clean ourselves up, admit it. All right. Correct it and go forward. You know, it's, it, and so I could go on on those things, but for the coach that's out there listening, just continue to say, I want to be a lifelong learner. I want to get better, but circumstances really happen where a lot of coaches are running from the business. Now that's what I'm concerned about. I think there are a lot of coaches that quietly don't ask for social media and they're out there doing a great job. And Don Showalter is at the top of the mountain for me is the guy out of Iowa mm -hmm. and had his own legacy as a, a high school coach. Then he started the snow Valley and I met him at another snow Valley, the one in Westmont, which was the mother load. But my point is his humility, his intellect, his family, his wife. I mean, it's all in order. And so it's never, hey, follow me. It's like I can refer you to a number of great coaches who don't exactly have their name in the lights every day that are doing it the right way. And I think there are a lot of AAU coaches when I was co coaching in college that did it the right way too. And it was always, the guy who wasn't doing it the right way and everybody focused on that. And I really wasn't interested in that conversation because everybody knows basically what that looks like, especially when it's done in a really crude way. But then I look at a guy whose AAU team walks in the right way, puts their bags down the right way, treats the officials the right way. And I'm going, how come we're not talking about that guy, you know? And so I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions where they shouldn't be laid. No way. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I just, um, you say that there's so many little things. I, th I think, I, I just think kids nowadays and coaches are just looking at the wrong thing. Exactly. Um, it's where you put your eyes. It's where you put your eyes. And if your eyes are telling you something that you don't like, just note it. But I don't think you have to get three people to agree with that as much as I think it's important that you know, uh, those things about how you talk about other people. Well, the greatest way to talk about somebody else, unless it's a compliment, is just, you know, button it up. Just button it up. It, that over there to the left will take care of itself over time. But why do we have to, you know, huddle up and, 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 and you know, say, light that on fire? It, it's unnecessary. And I'm as guilty as anybody of doing that uh, in a previous lifetime. But I'm not doing that now. I'm just not doing it. I don't invest in it. Yeah, it's just negative energy, right? And I read something today totally. uh, called totally. the, spark, the spark plug. And that's kind of a new, I always like to throw different things out. My, my team, Those I always have different that you're talking about. And they're, yeah, they're positive energy, that spark plug. They're, they're, they're powerful. Yeah. And what do you, I mean, what about language? You're, you're a language guy. I've studied you enough, Mike. Language is important. Your verbals, your sticking points. Man, that's huge. That's the one thing I really got from you about how you communicate with your team. Hey, give credit where credit was due. I've listened to some tremendous orators, George Raveling being the best of the best, and then John Cheney. Uh, my God, I mean, he could hold me captive for a lifetime as a teacher of just, you know, drinking from his cup in terms of his metaphors, assemblies, and, and really being able to stain the brain with all of that. But as a coach, you want to steal from books on, on powerful words that one word says 
a, a page of information. You're, you're, you have to go after your language in order and a mechanism where you're trying to use indelible description so that you don't have to revisit it and, and, and aphorisms and, 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 you know, everything that acronyms, all of those things are in your, your, your warehouse and you have to keep, you know, reinvesting in some things that were maybe not applicable today. Like, for example, if you're going to use an example, uh, Steph Curry is a is an important example, but he's on the back end for a lot of 13 year olds or 14 year olds. And they're more interested in job ja, Moran. I mean, they're, they're way more interested in, in in that. That's OK. Instead of, you know, talking about the goat LeBron and and and, and maybe Michael, who's the next one? You know, KD, it, it's not as, as relevant. They're more interested in the young end. So now when you're teaching, I think you have to catch yourself because what ha happens is your examples become old. And At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. And, you know, that's why it's important to listen to the music that your players listen to to a degree. You don't have to inundate yourself with that, but to eliminate music, uh, and that means you can't have a conversation starter with maybe a young man. Who, who relates to the message of the lyrics because they know the lyrics. And so that's just one medium. And now you go to other mediums that they're Instagram, you know, and if they're not using Instagram, you're saying, okay, what medium is on that phone and look at their apps and say, okay, but mine isn't judgment as much as it is. Okay. Well, how can I use that as a medium to communicate, you know, selfishly because, the psychologist knows that when the child has been damaged, that you're never going to get where you want to go unless you find the middle ground. I mean, Bill Parcells was a master at that with the ponies, or he would find out what a guy was interested in and go get the information that he needed in order to have a conversation starter to build trust so that he could get to those corners that maybe another coach didn't get to so he could coach a guy no one else could coach. And that's what you're trying to do 
especially, you know, this thing about shooters, you know, oh, they're selfish. And you're trying to get somebody who in their career has that within them. Well, who has ever met a, a shooter that is not I related or, you know, they talk a lot about themselves or whatever, and you're trying to move the needle so that they link in with the team, but you don't want to destroy the spirit of the shooter. And so it's this real conundrum that can be understood, but you have to be very careful. And so with words, it's what questions you're going to ask to draw out the player so that you can meet somewhere where you can build trust so that you can get that player to do some other things other than shooting to validate themselves. So when they're not shooting well, they're contributing in another area. And we all want that. But again, it's all done with how am I going to use my words and sometimes my silence with a nod with a kid who's not very verbal, but if you talk for five minutes at a whack, now you're shutting them down. And so the art of going in and asking uh, not a threatening question to warm them up to ask the, the brave question later on. And then you might have to wait three days or three weeks to ask them something and you have the damn breaks. And now the kid comes forward with some struggles with a dad that died or left his mom or all those problems that every kid has, every kid has. So yeah, your language and not only that, but the art of asking questions so that you can take an inventory and create that inventory of information on them. And that's why I suggest to every coach, create a three page questionnaire that has nothing to do with basketball, but everything to do with their life. And when they turn that three pages back in, I will guarantee you that that's three years of information, if not five or a lifetime of information uh, on an I am sheet, favorite food, um, book that you would take to the moon, favorite artist, music artist, and it goes on and on. And all right, worst tragedy in your life, five people that you would invite to your dream dinner. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to get to that in conversation as quickly as you could as if you turn that questionnaire in. And how about this one? They leave the last page blank. Well, something on that page is hot and they don't want to give that information up or they, they skip a question. You know, now I might not go to that question right away, but I could wait two weeks and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of missing the answer here. And all of a sudden you see the kid tear up. Ooh, so it might not be something that they wrote down. You know, and all of a sudden the damn breaks, they tell you, well, they're really saying, I trust you. I trust you. And I mean, there's nothing more precious than a player telling you that. Yeah. And I, I, I strongly recommend, cause I, you said that uh, in your one, I think your, your one, one, three video that you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, Mike, every coach and you, you put some gold nuggets on one is it's just about personal relationships. Like you're talking yeah. about. Um, and I'm going to give you an example and tell me what you think. Uh, today, am I, I, I kind of help. I'm a co-teacher in American government. Um, I'm actually a PE certified teacher, but that's what I'm doing here. And I'm learning so much. I'm just like the students, man. I'm like, I'm learning so much about American government. I have a, a world history. Um, and one of my players, best friends, sit next to me and I'm in the, I'm in the back. And she says, man, you know, Avaya, your point guard really loves strawberries. And I said, huh. you know what? I'm good. That, that, I got some information right there. And I go, oh, Dunlap would love that. But just yes. 
just those little things like that, kind of yeah. learning more. It's like, hey, I'm going to have like strawberries for her before the game tomorrow. I'm going to give it to her. You know, little things like that. Right. And, and the other thing is, is that everybody is a resource for you as a coach in your building. You know, another player is a resource for you. You're not trying to get them to turn state's evidence. I am not talking about that. You can eventually get to something that you can't figure out. But I will promise you somebody in your building has the answer that you don't have if you're willing to kind of see people as valuable. That's all I'm saying is they're not snitches. They're not this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those connectors are really, really important that you have because everybody, as Don Meyer would say, is your army of supporters. Have you really gone out and invested in their lives or, or a struggle of another teacher or coach that, you know, you have no benefit of? Um, when I coached in the RMAC, uh, the, the legend was Tom Croft at Kearney. And he, you know, not only as a player when he was a boy, but he became a, 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 an acclaimed pro athlete and then an acclaimed teacher at Kearney and an acclaimed basketball coach. Well, I, I just wanted to be around him to listen to him speak. And I knew he was a special human being. So I accumulated a lot of information from former players and coaches that had been around him. And yet I never really had, you know, a, a meal with him and a long time with Tom Croft, but he had an imprint on me because I was interested in how he was doing things, not how I was doing things. Lonnie Porter, who's a legend at Regis, you know, uh, left a legacy with Chauncey Billups and, and has something bigger than himself in the community of Denver. I mean, I can tell you about these people because they had impact on my journey because I was interested in their lives, not my own. Right, that's so true, and and uh, you mentioned names that really I haven't heard of that are probably so they probably have such a big impact on the game, but we don't know about the top teachers of the game. If I had to write a book, Mike, I would go. I would write a book about the top ten teachers of the game, not the all time wins. <laughs> uh, I think that's a book that's needed to be written. To be honest with you, yeah. So many, Don so, Meyer would, yeah. would would obviously be in the ten, and most people would nod their head, mm -hmm. but most people would scratch their head if you said Madeline Hunter from UCLA and that she was the creator of the lesson plan and yes. given you know the credit for that. And you would say, well, I would include her in the 10. I would not leave her out of the 10. And somebody would say, well, we said basketball coaches. And I said, she's a basketball coach and then leave it there. But my point is, is that you know, and then obviously Jim Collins, good, great. There isn't a better book out in terms of teaching principles. If you wanted to think, okay, I just want to think in teaching principles and how to go from A to B from good to great. And, and okay, what is that all about? Now you're talking about one chapter on a hedgehog and what a hedgehog does. And now you think of that metaphor. And then again, you're going, okay, what's the sub point of that? Addition by subtraction. As we go through with all these smart people, but how do they convey massive amounts of information so that the common Joe, me, can understand it? Malcolm Gladwell. If you look at anything that he's written and done, one of the things where his genius comes out, and I say that with very conservatively using that word, is that he takes massive amounts of information and condenses it down, uses metaphors to relay that to the masses. And by 
his best-selling books. There are some I've listened to people tear the skin off of Malcolm Gladwell, you know, and they say, and they're usually scholars. They're people that have a very, they're very bright people. But when I, when I think of them and I think of Gladwell, I'm saying, well, okay, what, where are you providing that for that number of audiences yet you're shredding him. And I, you know, I'm so far removed from, you know, uh, somebody is a wine critic. Well, I can't drink that wine. Well, you know, that's because you can't tell me where you can get a good $20 red wine that costs normally 100. And you go to Trader Joe's and you know right where to go. Well, you know what? I'm not into you as far as being critical of Gladwell, but I want, I want your angle and your insight. So I would never eliminate them but I would say I know how to drop and go. So I don't get hung up on the bob wire of being a feat, like Wooden was the best coach. And so we're going to leave Dean Smith out of the discussion or John Thompson. People would say, well, and I say, you know, hang on a second. And now you go to Carnesecca. All right. Now you, you're going down to Florida and you say, OK, what was Billy Donovan doing down there? And now you move over to Texas, junior college coaches. Oh, my God. You know, and then you go, okay, where's the best football coach out in Amarillo? And the basketball coach is telling you, you say, is it, you call the guy up and say, is it okay if I stop by your practice? Oh my God, lightning bolts coming out of there on organization, wow. you know, and Fisher to Barry at Air Force. We go down there, take our staff down there for three days. It's a, it's a nothing drive. And we watch Fisher to Barry at Air Force and the day that a human being is expected to go through. And a football player or a basketball player there, it's insane. You're talking 18 to 20 hour days. And to watch these young men and women do what they do and then perform on the field or the gym, you go, oh, I guess that we can overload our people and they're going to be okay. You know what I'm saying on the overload principle? So it goes back to the top 10 high school coaches or grade school teachers or just keep turning the rocks over because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. But again, you said it adroitly. So Kevin, it's where you put your eyes, where you put your eyes. Do you really want to go to that degree to like this morning at four? I'm not, it's just, I'm weird, but I wanted to know about the Ukraine and, and Putin and Russia. And I had time to really delve into that, just to have that information. I don't want to give that to anybody like I've got a better opinion. I just wanted to know, hey, what's going on? And then obviously, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, is that how are you going to exercise your mind in order that when you do have your cup of coffee at 530 in the morning, that you say, okay, this is basically a habit of mine. And then I'm talking to one of my buddies Brian Gorgian, who is the greatest coach that has ever walked the soil of Australia on any sport. He's won more championships and more games than any coach ever in the history of a country. And we're texting and he played the Perth Wildcats, the Illawarra Hawks lost. And so we're going through an exchange of some ideas because I watched some footage of his game. And so I'm giving an overview of just what I saw because I played for his father. And he's my best friend. And but my point is, is that those are and now he's given me information on what his eyes tell him about his team. And I'm going, man, I didn't even see that. And I got I have the advantage of watching film. 
So that's, you know, I'm not smart. I'm just saying is that, again, you go back to how we started, Kevin, and it was, it, it, it's more about, we started with, what are you going to do with your time? You know, and how, how do you want to grow and continue to be a lifelong learner? So it, it depends on every coach. Yeah. <laughs> Got some players coming in to shoot a little bit here. All right. You take, <laughs> you, you yeah. tell them, you tell them I said hello and they're lucky yeah. to have you. And again, anytime that you want to continue that I, I, I choose to look at our relationship and what we're going to do here uh, as ongoing. So this is a bite of the apple and we just keep going, Kev, but anything you need, man, you're one of the good guys. Take care. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate it, everything you have provided and given to me and so forth. And hopefully no I'm giving back as well. It's a give yeah. back profession, right? Right. Absolutely. It, it, and again, that's a joy in and of itself. But it, you're a stud. Keep kicking goals and having fun with it. And then tell everybody I said hello. Yes. Hey, hey um, I, I just want to throw some uh, phrases out to you. And then, sure. then I know I know you got to go. No, I don't have to go. I'm good. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, um, I picked this one up the other day and I really liked it. Um, it's that I, I, my player, we're really still working on skill development, in our program. And I got this saying, and it says me first for us. And what my, I love it about it is, man, you got to get skilled. You got to work on your skill development to improve the overall team. And I really love that. And that's what we're really focusing on now is, Hey, it's not the offense or defensive scheme. Okay, and I, I've been and I've made mistakes like that. It's like let's get, let's get our players, you know, handling the ball more, sure with the ball, you know, left hand, right hand finishes, better shot form. What do you think about that, Coach? Well, it's a great way to open the door for them because you're always looking for a balance. Um, and what happens is we 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 watch the film, we read the books, we see the movies about you know the connector uh, connector to team but we rush ahead and bypass the me part and uh, i think that there's got to be a balance especially when you have every every team's going to have one or two hopefully more talented players than everybody else and how to bring that into any kind of semblance of sharing and saying okay she is going to get 10 more shots but she cannot exist without role players. Like you can't exist in football without your offensive and your defensive line. They are uh, the unsung heroes to everything. That six inch zone and who controls it is going to determine the outcome of the game. So my point is that me time and you signal it and then you go into that and you say it's perfectly okay. And the individual should never left, be left behind and then it's uh, our job to balance it out a little bit, knowing that you're never going to get it balanced out between team and me. It's just, it's an ongoing amoeba. That's all it is. Right. And um, I think as coaches, I think we get towards, and, and tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, coach, I think, I believe that you get to the end of the year, you should be doing more skill development and sharpening the so saw. That's the way your teams are going to improve. And you, so you have to set aside time. So even if you're a high school coach and you have hard, uh, you know, times that, that, that there's a hard hour that you, you have, you have somebody in front of you, you have somebody behind you, well, then dedicate yourself to 20 minutes or 15 minutes 
where there's just one of you and there's six baskets, maybe there's four baskets, maybe there's two, but you have the cone set up and you're doing X amount of minutes of development before you get into the whole guard forward work, whatever that is. It will pay off, but it makes you anxious because you want to get to those other things that have to do with we. But you're exactly right. The, the Ferrari never works without a key. You need the key. And the key is the, the players and their development. So I totally agree with you. One of your, I'm going to use this today, matter of fact, because I was studying a lot of your notes. Be proud of your follow through. But really, what I loved about that, it's also for us coaches. You got to follow through on things. We always teach, you know, we have a drill where they have to hold the follow through until they get their own rebound, just to emphasize that. But man, it's more than that, right, Mike? Yeah, the follow through part that you're talking about is as you create daily lists and you see something that's haunting you or you can't get to, or you feel, you know, at the end of the day, what happens as you're prioritizing your time on follow through? If you, you'd be better served to list the things you can do on that day and be a bulldog about getting them done than having a large list. Right. And, you know, I did go through Don Myers, Franklin planner and, and, you know, there were colored and, and things that you could get to long-term and it, it, it was beautiful, but I'm more tilted towards, you know, three things, four things and knocking them out of the park than I am a long list. And so people will remember what, what you did, not what you said. They'll remember your follow through. Uh, okay, where well, I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna see this young lady at this time in the hallway, the cafeteria, or we're gonna do it. And it's a hard deal. Well, there's uh, things gonna interfere with that meeting. You can't let them, you gotta be there because that's what you said your priority was. And, and uh, you know, or a principal time's important for you, but then you're late to their time, man, that is a bad message. But follow through again, whether it's time, whether it's reading a book, whether it's, you know, being at Starbucks to see your significant other, because if that thing goes south, then the rest of your day is, is, is upside down week, month, and you lose that relationship because you felt that your job was more important. Well, the, the ending of the story is not going to be very pretty. And so follow through, uh, you know, in terms of your word meaning something really important. And we all fall short of that at times. Sure. And then we have with sincerity, we self-correct and we do it better the next day. That's it. How about this, coach? And, I, and this is something I've done recently. I'm trimming the fat off my practice plans, off my game plans, and it's really helped me just recently, is I, I mean, sometimes I was getting to the point where I had too many plays. We all, we're all guilty that, I mean, it's like I, we're changing defenses too many times. It's like, I went back to what I call my power of one, which is also a great uh, movie and so forth. Um, yeah. Is like, you know what? I just put down, hey, we're, gonna, we're just going to do one, maybe two sets, and that is it. And it kind of just relaxed my mind as a coach. I mean, I, give me some feedback on that, man. <laughs> right, go with that idea and then go through, say, three scenarios. Okay, what would happen on a counter? Uh, okay, they play it straight up. They switch it. They use a zone. And if you just worked 
on those counters, then you're really understanding student body right at SC, or you're understanding the sweep that was designed and it took him six hours at a clinic, Vince Lombardi. And his offense was extremely simple, but the detail was complicated. So all of that, and if your mind relaxes, then I've been at clinics at UNLV where coaches literally sat next to me and they looked at somebody in judgment that UNLV had in uniform and they were talking about his tattoos or they were talking about he's dumber than a nail as opposed to saying, am I a coach that can coach somebody that's not quick on their feet, somebody that's quick on their feet and, you know, not eliminating a, a young man or woman that maybe has a, a different learning style in their auditory or their visual, or are we touching those modes of learning for somebody that's kind of talented at rebounding and blocking shots, but not so skilled at shooting a ball and does our system accommodate that? You know, and it, uh, well, can we teach that? And by eliminating a huge playbook, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have some, but I think we have too much stuff that we think we have to accomplish in a given practice. And then we do everything in a mediocre way. And it frees up your players too, because I mean, they should not be carrying around three ring binders, uh, you know, that are heavy with, with, with whatever your system is, they should be able to tell you maybe two or three bullet points to your transition. That's it. Because when the money's on the line the other night, um, Illinois and Michigan state were playing and Illinois missed the shot. Michigan state came down the floor and a guy ended up getting fouled for the game, but it was the Villanova inside of five seconds, eight seconds, 10 seconds, whatever coach chooses. The ball was long outlet, drive middle, and the trailer came in behind. They flicked it to him, and instead of shooting the three, he drove it and got fouled. That's good coaching. That's good coaching. Well, there was the simplest thing. It was simple, you know, and, and under the hammer. And that's why I'm saying is, is that you have to evaluate your system when it's put under pressure. And do the players actually know what you know? Because if they don't, that's a mistake. They need to know what you know as far as what you expect to happen in time and score and situation. And if they don't, like under OB, you know, for the money, it should be your best set and a counter maybe if you trust them. And if you don't, just run that play and say, hey, they're probably going to, you know, switch out on that and screen or you're going to slip to the nose of the rim. And as you slip, we're going to move a player right in behind your slip. So now you've got the regular play. Now you've got the slip to the nose of the rim. And now you've got somebody filling on a cut and replace. Man, that's hard to guard. That's really hard to guard. And if they can do that and it doesn't work, you know, go to bed, you know, uh, don't worry about it. But simplicity with detail and counters. Basketball, offensive basketball is nothing more than move and counter. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You can put it in any set you want, but that's going to come down to that. Um, less is better, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, sure. just simplicity. Yeah. And then add to it. I mean, I'm not saying, you, you know, but you can add to it. And there's some fine coaches out there like Dean Smith, who who believed in a lot of a, a change and, and he believed in more. Uh, but his expectation of, of simplicity uh, was also well done because if you ever watched his guys uh, when he coached, 
the ball came above the head from the triple threat. But anytime the ball's above your head, you were saying, we, we are a team because you can do one thing when the ball gets above your head and that's pass it. So if you look at footage, his footage, a trademark was, is it jump stop, square your feet to the rim in a triple threat, but then the ball's going above the head because you were thinking about your next pass. <laughs> that was, that was Dean Smith. That was a trademark of his because he wanted everybody in that team to understand is we're going to win with the pass. We're going to win with sharing it. He had great players no mistake about it, but he knew how to inculcate on them the we part of it because of that mechanism. Pretty brilliant. When you think of it. That one, that's a great insight right there, Mike. I appreciate that. Coach, thank you so much for joining me. I gotta, I gotta get ready for a little practice here. Get ready for our game. Hey, do you mind if I send you uh, some video? Um, some clips of my team, particularly in our matchup. I just give you a little synopsis of what I see and and we'll, we'll feast on it, but no, keep doing what you're doing, coach. You know what you're doing and have fun. All right. Thanks coach. I appreciate it. See you, my friend. Thank you. Coaches. I'd like to welcome our new championship vision podcast sponsor huddle assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to go around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The court cart court board package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on courtcart.com. Coaches, this is Coach Matt Dennis, and I'm truly excited and blessed to join Coach Furtado on the Championship Vision Podcast. If you're a coach looking to get better at your craft, you're really going to love this episode. If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out other episodes on the podcast as well as to head over to CoachMattDennis.com, where you can join my newsletter and sign up for a free trial of the Coaching Lab, where my goal is to help coaches find more success in less time.